coming at you from my studio for the first time ever in my new studio. I haven't recorded in here, so I don't know what the audio is going to be like. I do have my funny little fake fireplace going, and it has the fake crackles, the fake fire crackles going. Let's, you, you may hear it. If you hear it, that's what it is. I have it set at the highest setting, which is just called on, which I think is 84 degrees or something. But it's not actually 84. It feels like it's about 50 degrees in here. Yesterday, I was in here all day. And I was talking with someone about some show plans we have coming up and they kept saying, they were referring to this one art fair and I was thinking in my head, uh, you know, and this art fair is in April of 2020 and I'm like, oh man, in my head, I've got plenty of time. That's, you know, we've got, still got to get through the summer and the fall and the winter. I mean, yeah, I could say yes to anything about this. The whole time, even though I was sitting here freezing in my studio, wishing I had like 10 blankets on me while I was drawing, I thought it was July for some reason. I thought it was the middle of July in my head for a good several hours until later I was in the kitchen doing something and it occurred to me that, nope, it, it is January and April is just around the corner. So that makes no sense. But I do that a lot where I, I'm completely off on my seasons, even though I've also just been embracing like crazy how good it feels that it's winter and I wear coats and hats and gloves and I'm freezing all the time and it's so much fun and I make hot tea and uh, the whole nine yards. And yeah, somehow thought it was July, though. Not very bright. Not, I'm, not, I'm not a very bright person. I never claimed to be. What have I claimed to be? I've claimed to be... A little extreme, a little hyperbolic at times. Uh, I've claimed to be, mm, am I moody? I don't know if I'm moody. I'm highly emotional. That for that is for sure. What else have I claimed to be? I'm very obsessive. When I'm into something, I am like insanely into it. I am hungry a lot. I've claimed to be hungry a lot. I am tired. I'm a very exhausted person. Uh, that's for sure. I do not like Jimmy Fallon. I don't like the Jimmy Fallon show. Um, what else? I don't like it when people talk bad about people who watch TV. Although, does that even happen anymore? You know, there was a time when I was in my late 20s and early 30s where there were two type types of people. There were the people who were totally fine with talking about TV and what TV shows they liked and that kind of thing. And then the other kind who were just disgusted with you if you owned a TV still. But now everybody has a computer, almost everybody. So, you know, and people just stream everything. So I don't know. Is there a new version of that sort of pretentiousness out there? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a way to be a jerk about people who stream TV? It doesn't seem to be as much of a thing. I remember around that time being so aggravated with people. I don't own a TV. They were so quick to claim that they didn't own a TV. And I always thought, well, you want a TV, even if you don't have one. You're just trying to be cool. Uh, although, if you're one of those people, I know I'm being a little hard on you right now. I'm sorry if you were one of those people who was bragging about not having a TV around me. Um, I was just always proud of it. I, I really was. I was like, uh, this is a fun part of life. This is a great way to relax. Even recently, something happened. I can't even remember who it was or what happened where there was just this discussion about how sad it is when people fall into TV uh, to, to tune out and to, you know, yeah, just kind of tune out the world. And I, I, I was either witnessing this conversation online or something, but I remember being very upset about it. Like, 
Um, it's okay for some people to do that. Like some people need it desperately. Now I realize that can get out of hand, but there, all I'm saying is there's not one way, there's not one solution of how to cope with life. And to some people, it's a very healthy thing to watch TV. So uh, I was mentioning sometime recently about my love of Jeopardy and my worries about Alex Trebek having pancreatic cancer. And I was wondering if anybody else has been watching the special episodes, the Tournament of Champions, where they're going to name the greatest of all time. And it's Ken Jennings with that James the Poker Player guy and some other guy from Philadelphia. I can't remember his name. But anyway... It's an awesome tournament. These are hour-long episodes. I highly recommend it if you just want to feel also completely dumb because of how quickly these guys answer every single question. Anyway, I've been enjoying that. Let me take a sip of tea and I'll tell you what else I'm enjoying. I've been enjoying, do you guys remember when I got um, from Stephanie Gehring from Malvern Books, which by the way, she has a new book out that I'm going to read any week now. I can't believe I haven't yet, but anyway, uh, when she got me Lyle Watson's Heaven's Breath, A Natural History of the Wind, I mean, you guys, this book has ended up being so incredible and I cannot wait to read some to you, but I'm not done with it yet, so I don't want to jump into it just yet, but I'll, I'll read the first, what should I read? I was going to read you guys, all right, this isn't my reading of the day, I'm going to read you guys the first couple of paragraphs here, On the Wind. If the trend towards specialization in science is defined as knowing more and more about less and less, then this is its logical conclusion. Everything you always wanted to know about nothing. It began on an essay on experience of the ineffable, but grew, as wind will, to have a life of its own. As it gathered strength, drawing on surprising resources, it became apparent that wind is far from hollow. It is the most vital of metaphors. Part of this vigor is revealed in language. In Arabic, the wind is rough, but the same word also means breath and spirit. While in Hebrew, rauch enlarges the sphere of influence to include concepts of creation and divinity. And the Greek pneuma, or the Latin animus, are redolent, not just of air, but of the very stuff of the soul. Um, I could go on and on. Uh, anyway, hopefully that entices you. But remember, there are this guy, by the way, I was reading more about Lyle Watson, who wrote this book. He was a botanist and a zoologist and an expert on the wind and all sorts of crazy things, scientifically speaking. And then he was also the leading expert on sumo wrestling. <laughs> so already I love that guy. Uh, let's see. How are you guys doing today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling great. I'm sorry I talk about food all the time. I realize that's about all I've been talking about lately. I do kind of have a food obsession in general, but I think lately it's gotten even worse. And I don't know if that's a problem or if that's okay. I don't know if it's because I'm cold and it feels good to eat food when you're cold. Or is that even true? I don't know. But it's all I talk about. It's all I think about. It's all I talk about. Uh, today, I ate some ramen that was really good. I did that after a crazy incident where, remember a couple years ago when I lost my eyesight, I had a condition called uveitis and it got really severe and I wore an eye patch forever? Well, um, you're supposed to be, if, you, if you've had uveitis, you're very prone to get it again and you can lose your vision. So um, I remember my retina specialist in Beverly Hills said to me, if you ever experience any of this stuff that looks like uveitis, you need to, all right, let me grab a blanket. You need to go immediately to another retina specialist uh, because this condition can just, you know, zap you so quickly. 
So yesterday I noticed some redness in my eye and it was pretty bad, but I was like, well, maybe I just did something. I don't know. I'm not going to freak out, but it happened to me in my left eye, the bad one. So then this morning it looked even worse and Damien noticed how bad it looked on his own because I was trying to not focus on it or talk about it too much. And I thought, okay, well, if somebody else is noticing and uh, the thing is, is that I'm supposed to go to the doctor, I better call around. And I didn't have a do eye doctor or anything yet. So I got in on an emergency visit this afternoon, thank God. And um, anyway, long story short, it was all perfect. Everything was great. So then I felt like I had a new lease on life. And my eye, basically, I just had a bruise. So FYI, if you ever have one little part of your eye that is red, like a, it looks like a really bad broken blood vessel, and then it spreads quickly, that's okay. Because that's just what a bruise on your eyeball does, apparently. So I learned that from my awesome eye doctor whose last name was Booker, spelled B-U-C-H-E-R, just like our friend Matt Booker of the Great Concavity Podcast. So I thought that was interesting because normally nobody pronounces their last name like that. Um, hold on a second. Okay, I'm back with the book I want to read. I got this book that day that I went to the bookstore I was telling you guys about, and they just had an endless amount of awesome things. This is a cd Write book. Uh, you may recall when C.D. Wright passed away, I think it was 2016, a few years ago. Um, she's an American poet. She was a MacArthur Fellow and a Guggenheim Fellow and all sorts of awesome things. Uh, I also liked hearing her read a lot. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I have only owned maybe one or two of her books, and she has an impressive amount of books of poetry. And I was attracted to this book, though because it was a book more of uh, prose. So here is the description on the book. Well, first of all, it's called The Poet, The Lion, Talking Pictures, El Farolito, A Wedding in St. Roque, The Big Box Store, The Warp in the Mirror, Spring, Midnight's Fire, and All. Is it St. Roque? St. Roque? R-O-C-H? Okay, I gotta let Frankie out of my studio. She is not having it. One second, I'll be back with C.D. Wright. And the description on the back says, part study, part elliptical, love songs to poetics, MacArthur Fellow, C.D. Wright's latest collection of prosymmetrical essays argues that poetry is less a genre than a way of being and seeing. Uh, she rightfully insists that the answer to the many questions of poetry is poetry. Here, as in Cooling Time, a companion volume, Wright explores the province of poetic language in her own tricked out literary ATV. And here's a little quote on the back from the book. Um, let's see, in a world, it was from In a World, no, In a Word, A World from C.D. Wright. I love them all. I love that a handful, a mouthful gets you by, a satchel fill can land you a job, a well-chosen clutch of them could get you laid, and that a solitary word can initiate a stampede and therefore can be formally outlawed even by a liberal court bent on defending a constitution guaranteeing unimpeded utterance. More than the pristine, I love the filthy ones for their descriptive talent as well as transgressive nature. I love the dirty ones more than the minced in that I respect extravagant expression more than reserved. I admire reserve, especially when taken to an aesthetic end. My relationship to the word is anything but scientific. It is a matter of faith on my part that the word endows material substance by setting the thing named apart from all else, horse, then unhorses, what is not horse? Damn, girl, this is amazing. By the way, this is from Copper Canyon Press. I'll put a link in the description so you can go out and buy it immediately or, or uh, check it out from your library. 
I'm going to be reading a short one. Um, let's see. This is also, in a word, a world. There's many called that in the book, by the way. I think, if I remember right. I read this when I first got it. Let me see. What are they all called? In a word, a world? I should have figured this out before. Yeah, because there's a lot of them called spring and all uh, also. So anyway, here we go. I love the nouns of a time and place where a sack once was a poke and a native skag was junk glass, not junk. And junk was just junk, not smack. And smack entailed eating with your mouth open. And an Egyptian one eye was an egg, sunny side up. And a nation sack was a flannel amulet worn only by women, to be touched only by women, especially around Memphis. Red sacks for love and green for money. Of course, the qualifying adjective nation does exercise an otherwise uneventful noun. And here's my favorite page in the whole book, actually. It's page 71. It doesn't have a title, but it's in parentheses, just one statement in parentheses, and here it is. I remain haunted by the poem Amina Massey wrote, whose title that I cannot recall came from a language I cannot recall, a language no longer spoken, and means to love for the last time. Uh, I'm going to read it again. I remain haunted by the poem Amina Massey wrote, whose title that I cannot recall came from a language I cannot recall, a language no longer spoken, and means to love for the last time. That is so beautiful. I love that a page, I'm going to call that a poem, that a poem can be very simply about something you can't remember, which, can I just state for the record, most of my favorite things are things I can't remember. Somebody will ask me something, you know, what is your favorite blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's this one thing with whatever person and I can't remember it. And I saw it in, I can't remember what year. And oh my God, it was so good. Do you know the name of, I mean, I don't know anything anymore. This is kind of getting old. Also having a lot, of, just a lot of changes in a short amount of time. A lot, a lot of my mind. I hope this is something I can grow out of. But this is why lately I've been doing the crossword and I've been, um, Try, I play Jeopardy every day and I actively play it and I'm just trying to make sure like keep this mind active. I've told you guys how I purposefully get shit out of my brain. Like I don't want to remember my phone numbers of the past or my addresses from the past because I don't need to know those. And I keep thinking as much as I can shove out of my brain, the better so I can put as much as I want currently in my brain in here. Although it is good to recall old things. And I do think I probably have a pretty good memory for this. But, but can, can't you pick and choose? I feel like that's a good idea. Maybe, maybe it's not. I, for the first time just now, I thought maybe that's a dumb idea on my part. I don't know. But what was I talking about? C.D. Wright. I really recommend this book. I love the title of the book, too. Um, and just every page is a treat. I, I skipped around on this one. I just sort of kept finding things I, I wanted uh, on certain days and eventually ended up reading it all. But, And I'm just going to say, because I don't know when I'll read it. For, seriously, Heaven's Breath, A Natural History of the Wind. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know if I said it. It's a New York Review Books classic. And, man, I, I almost read you guys from Yehuda Amakai. Uh, another new book I got of his. Um, new to me. Not not a new book, but new to me. Uh, what do I want to talk to you guys about? Oh, got my first one-star review this week. Thank you to all my haters out there. I love that I just asked, uh, hey, uh, you guys, what would help this podcast out is a five-star review. I didn't get that, but I did get a one-star review. But this person didn't leave an actual review. They just typed one-stars. I've got some people attacking. I've got this certain 
faction, I'll call them, even though they're not really a faction, uh, really having pro major problems with me. So I'm assuming that this is them. And it's very personal, and it's not at all podcast-related. So I think that's even better. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You hate me, so you're going to give me a one-star review on my podcast because it's the only way to get to me since I've uh, blocked you. Anyway, uh, but I do want to thank Rasa23, who said, thanks for introducing me to poetry I would not have sought out on my own, but love. So that is Rasa23 on iTunes. Thank you. Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you read any of these books, let me know. Uh, send the links to your friends of the books you think they want. Again, I just want that they might like. I just want to remind everybody, my reason for doing this podcast is, well, it's there's a lot of reasons. But more than anything, I just want to ignite people's excitement for reading again. Oh, I just made, I've got this new set of bags I'm going to be making, which are called literally, I just boring, book bags. But they're the perfect size for just a book. And so like a paperback book slips in them because I don't know for us ladies who carry purses around or anybody else who carries a purse around or even a regular old bag, if you stick the book you're reading in and it's a paperback book, it gets messed up when it's in with other things. So I thought make sort of a version of a tote bag. These are all crocheted the way I crochet things and stick them and then they can just be worn as a crossbody mini bag and you've always got your book safe. Isn't that a great idea? Does anybody else make these? I don't know. I haven't seen these, but I know it's something I've needed for a long time. So anyway, going to take this idea to Shark Tank, see what the gang thinks about it. These only take me like five days to make. No big deal. Um, anyway, I'm going to do a quick one day sale of a one, one of my first ones tomorrow. That's Friday the 10th. I'm going to do that. So be on the lookout for that on Instagram. I'll put a link in my stories for you to see it and see if you want it. And then the first person to, who contacts me and wants to buy it is going to get the first one. So that'll be fun. But also tomorrow, Western Exhibitions from 5 to 8 in Chicago, my first show of tapestries slash textiles, whatever the hell they are, will, is up. And I'm super excited about it. So please be there. Bear the cold weather and check out my tapestries. I'm really excited to be sharing those with the world for the first time in this manner. So that's exciting. And of course, my show in Fort Worth, the 20-year retrospective type show, is up for another month. It closes in four weeks. So please go check that out if you're in the area or if you plan on traveling to Texas anytime soon and share that with your friends. I'm getting very depressed because it's about to close. Something like this is really hard on certain artists. Me, for sure, because, uh, well, A, it's just been a great experience, and B, this will never happen again to me. Like, let's face it, something like this at this stage of my life, it's just not possible for it to happen. And there, these, these pieces will never be in the same room together, and they're all of my best pieces I've ever made. And it's sad to me. Like, I, I can't imagine a time when this will ever happen again. And then it's over, you know? It's going to be over in a month, and then I'm going to feel really, I don't know, I, I easily feel like a loser for some reason. I just know somehow, even though this is a great experience and an accomplishment, not only for me, but for a lot of people who were involved in it, namely Allison Hurst, who is such a wonderful human being and a great, great curator and a great writer. But it's like, I wonder if she goes through that. I wonder who else, goes, is this just an artist thing? Like this feels horrible that it's about to be over. But this is just how it goes, you know? I guess it's better than a gallery show, which is usually closed in a month. But I don't know, guys. It is ridiculous. I, can't, I, I hate being an artist <laughs> so much. As much as I love it, 
fucking hate it with everything in me. I really do. It, it's like, could I please? I even said today when I was at the doctor's office, like, if I could just take the part of my brain out that makes me need to do this and throw it on the ground or throw it in the trash can the way I taught you guys about. Has anyone done that? Throw it real hard in the trash can and just get a job where I go in and out from Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 or 8 to 7. Fuck it. I'll do that. 7 to 7. I don't mind. And then go home and like do something awesome as a hobby and have a club of some sort with people. I just wish I didn't have this because I tr I promise I can't I can't control it. Like it it's in there and I can't get I can't not get it out. And it's no fun most of the time, but it is. It's also like what gives me the most excitement in life of all. You know, <sighs> holla if you hear me raise your hand if you understand I know all of you guys understand actually and I'm sorry I complain about my one-star review I, you know I know I shouldn't care about it but I'm a human being and people are such assholes like I probably do deserve plenty of one two three star reviews but I don't know I don't know I, I myself have never given anything but a five-star review on podcasts and I'm a massive podcast listener so I just think it's kind of, and I've have I listened to podcasts I hated and maybe even from people I hate uh, I have, but did I think I'm going to go give that person a one-star review? This podcast sucks. I'm going to give it a one-star. I've never done that in the history of my life. Um, but anyway, my, my suspicion is there's these people who have been very angry at me for something I didn't even do. And it's so, but I don't, I'm not going to meddle with this whole thing. I'm not going to get involved. Like I, I love stepping out of drama now. I'm not, I'm never going to be a part of people's drama ever again, ever, 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 ever again. It is not worth my time. I don't deserve it. They don't deserve it either. But if they're dishing it out, they can just keep shoving that into their own face and not mine. Anyway, I heard something, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys, I am now seven years what I'm going to call emotionally sober through the Al-Anon program. For those of you new, yep, thank you. That's me knowing ahead of time that I'm going to put in some claps for me. But today is my seven-year anniversary in the program of Al-Anon, which is a massive deal and something I'm very, very proud of myself for and something that changed my life and saved my life. Um, you can search on Potomatic for the Me Reading Stuff episode about Al-Anon. If you don't know what that means, it's for friends and family members of alcoholics, and it's a 12-step program, and uh, I am, it's okay for me to share that with you because I'm not telling anybody to go, but, um, and I'm just sharing that it has helped me become a much calmer person, and uh, I would definitely not be here today without it. I definitely would not have done this podcast without it. I can't imagine where my life would be without it, other than the fact that I, I know that I wouldn't be here with a voice. So I am very happy. But um, somebody in, I celebrated this week at a meeting and somebody across the room was giving their uh, share. They were sharing something and they said, and this really solved a big problem in my life that I've been having for a couple of weeks. Uh, she said, I am worthy of healthy connections with other people. And that may seem so simple, but to somebody like me, you really don't feel worthy of it for some reason. Um, and some of you may feel that way. And even if you don't, you can't articulate it that way, because I never could articulate it that way. I would have always thought, of course, I deserve great love and great relationships and great respect, mutual friendships with respect and all of this. 
but I didn't act that out. Like I settled for less and I settled for people who treated me like shit, even though I kept pouring into them. And I settled for people who were completely psychotic. A, because I thought they were fun, because psychotic people are really fun and entertaining. But that's no reason to have a friendship with somebody, you know? And um, I made friendships with people I felt sorry for. And that is also no reason to be friends with people. That is a horrible reason to be friends with people. And it's not fair. Uh, and that's totally my fault. All of these things are my fault because I allowed them. But anyway, um, there's just been some stuff going on where these people keep coming at me with really horrible things. And it's out of nowhere because, again, you can't control it now that we're all online. So it's like emails and, and messages and shit. That it's not like they're coming to my door and wanting to talk this out, which I would totally respect. I don't even know these people really. You know what I mean? I've met them a few times and that's it. But anyway, I'm just like, how psycho can you be? And how many things can I block you on? And when are you going to catch on? Like, just let it go. And I honestly... It's so weird because I've had problems. They have a problem with me. I've had problems with other adults as well. But you know what I normally do is like realize we're all adults. Life is hard. Things, it's really hard to get through a day without fucking something up. Like I'm not going to bring it up with them and bother them. I'm just going to let it go, move on with my life, and still appreciate them. But apparently not everybody does that. And I get it. I didn't used to do it that way either. But I also didn't used to attack people. So anyway, when I heard that woman say that, I am worthy of healthy connections with other people. I am worthy of healthy connections with other people. It was a way that that statement would have meant nothing to me maybe even a month ago, but the way that I'm handling this attack from these people and dreaming about what they're saying to me and I'm like, what should I do? Do I need to apologize even though I didn't do anything? I hate thinking people think I'm a bitch. You know what I mean? Even though I know I wasn't a bitch to anybody, um, it was... It, it was making me crazy. And then when I realized I am worthy of healthy connections, anyway, I know I'm going on and on, healthy connections with other people, I, I was like, that's right. This is not what I need. This is, I, I am worthy. I need to pay attention to all the wonderful people I have in my life who I have healthy connections with, who aren't emailing insane things to me all the time, you know? So anyway, that's my thing. And my God, if they're listening, this is going to cause even more. I wasn't going to bring it up, but whatever. <laughs> I'm bringing it up because I'm in Al-Anon seven years today and something like that would have destroyed me and I would have taken a nap for about four weeks because of those people and I don't fall apart as easily anymore and I'm way too strong and I care about myself too much for that. So anyway, I'm talking to you from my studio. I love you guys. I've gone on way too long. I thought I wanted to say things in the ending like, hey, memorize your favorite poem. That's a good thing to do. Um, hey, if you're waiting for water to boil, read. Don't get impatient. Read something. If you're 45 minutes in a waiting room at a doctor's office, stare at the floor and think about something you love. Whatever. I was going to say all of this. I was going to say a few other things. I don't know what they were. There were things like that. But instead, I'm just going to tell you guys I love you. I'm sorry to anybody I've ever offended. I really am. I never intend on doing anything that's going to be mean to other people. Um, and why don't we just kick out uh, the bigots? and the child molesters and the rapists. Let's do that. We haven't done that in a while. So if you're a child molester, a bigot, a racist, a rapist, you guys can get the fuck out of here. All of the rest of you, you're welcome here. Read C.D. Wright. Read Lyle Watson. Read Yehuda Amakai. Read Mark Strand. Read Ann Carson. Read whatever it is that makes you feel good. Get the newspaper and do the crossword. And um, good thoughts to Alex Rebecca. I love you guys. Good night.